Praise the Lord, everybody. All right, be seated. Turn your Bible very quickly to John 14. Now, if, if you're here this morning and you find yourself possibly seated next to or close to someone who perhaps is one of these 1,569 or whatever folks that have given their lives to Jesus, we baptized over 300 last week. I said we baptized over 300 last week in, in water. Everybody say hello to Elkhart. That place is blowing up. Pastor Manny and Miss Hannah, we love you so much. But if you're seated next to somebody this morning and perhaps they're new to World Harvest, perhaps they're new to uh, the kingdom of God in general, uh, snuggle over next to them. I want them to see in black, white, and red uh, what I'm talking about today. And I'm not sure how much preaching I'm going to do. Uh, I will be proclaiming, but I, I just was apprehended by the Holy Spirit yesterday that I'm just going to put a word on it. Shove your neighbor and say, the man said he's going to put a word on it. I, I want them to see it in black and white. Uh, I, they may be able to get most of it up on the screens around me. If you can't find it that way, get it on your iPhone or your iPad or your iRod or something else. And, and I want you to see it. I want you to let it in through the eye gate. Uh, if we can combine the eye gate and the ear gate, maybe we'll get into the heart gate. And uh, I, I want there to be transformation. Now, I'm going to do my best to just take about 30 minutes and let's all believe God for a miracle. Because when I crack the seals on this subject, something comes alive on the inside of me. That book that's lying on your lap is a living document. Some folks say, well, the Constitution's a living document. What they mean by that is they want to be able to legislatively or legislate from the bench and change it to be what they want it to be. Well, a lot of denominations, a lot of church groups have done exactly that with the Bible. Now, I need you to get the right attitude. Uh, God wants to change you. Okay, I got my work cut out for me. I said, God wants to change you. And the moment I say that, you start thinking about how everybody else you know needs to be changed, but you. I can tell you something else. The church, the worldwide, the global ecclesia of God is going through right now a major shift. It's not here yet, but I can feel the spray of it in my face. Everything is about to change. I want to talk a little bit today about Pentecost. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about your conception of Pentecost because Pentecost 
was not a singular event. What God through his Christ declared through the first Pentecostal experience was this. There will never be true dynamic change in the hearts of men without a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. You keep responding like that, I'm going to need two hours instead of 30 minutes. There will never be, mark my words, let me preface it by saying, there has never been, nor is there now, nor shall there ever be a revival without the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about a revival of evangelism. I'm talking about the spirit of revival where the church gets right. Look at them shoving their feet, Pastor Cal, back under the pews. Somebody gonna step on their toes now. The greatest sin recorded in your Bible is the sin of presumption. And that is, as David thought, I have gone as far in God as anyone can go, and I need go no further. God is a spirit. He moves by his spirit. They that worship him must worship him twofold in spirit and in truth. When you get a hold of absolute truth, look, you may be beaten and battered, but you don't have to be bowed. I'm talking to somebody. Somebody's about to change. I said, you may be beaten and battered, but you don't have to be bowed. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown in that fiery furnace, somebody not only going in, somebody coming out the fire. I need a wave of a hand to somebody that's gonna come out of the fire. Our God is a consuming fire. He is a fire from his loins up. He is a fire from his loins down. There are two properties of fire. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are baptized according to John and Jesus by full immersion into the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you are baptized into God's presence. No, you're not going with me. There cometh one after me. Wait a minute. What happened when you got born again? You repented. You got born again, you became a new creature by the confession of your sin and faith in the blood and cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there cometh one after that. The legend of whose shoes, John said, symbolizing movement because there's nothing sedentary in your life as a believer and there's nothing sedentary in the church. 
If all you are today is what you were yesterday, you're losing out. If you got the same shout today, a memorized shout, a taught tongue, a learned dance, you're losing out. The devil wins all standoffs. You're either progressing or regressing, and regression is the first step of seven on your route to losing out with God. The next one is repression. Some of you've got that right now. That's what religion does. It represses you. It suppresses you. When you first got saved, you felt like a calf at an out and loose out in the field and you wanted to run everywhere there was. But then you got in church and you learned that this was all you're supposed to do. That's not what the book said. And the book is right and they're wrong. The book said, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Silence is the language of bondage. Shouting is the language of freedom. Dancing is the language of liberty. Running is the language of freedom. Come on now. So let's look at it. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Two properties of fire. Number one, obliteration. Fire will cause things that were to be as though they never existed. That's what he was talking about when he said he'll burn the chaff out of you. Do you know there are things that the Holy Spirit is supposed to take out of you that never come back again? Ezekiel said what God does, he does forever. You get that, oh God help me now. You get that temper under the blood and under the fire, that giant's never getting up again. I'm not talking about consecration. I'm not talking about dedication. I'm not talking about surrender. I'm not talking about sanctification. I'm talking about a divine move of the Spirit of God that the Holy Spirit does in you, to you, and through you. And I'm sure enough not talking about religion. Uh-oh. Shove your neighbor and say, you might want to ignore this part. I have no more need for your Pentecostal religion than I do a Shinto shrine or a Hindu cow. To hell with your religion. I don't care anything about your religion. And I couldn't get, we're not a denomination here. We're just a group of people saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have staked our eternal lives on the truth of that book. I just said a thing. I just said a thing. Here's the problem that I have with most movements. 
most movements crystallize themselves in denominational liturgy that then becomes doctrine, that then becomes sedentary, and then becomes exclusionary. Don't you dare sit in here and be the same that you were five years ago. Don't you dare. Don't you dare sit in here and lose your appetite for godly things. Don't you dare sit in here and not be progressing in your revelation of God and the living Christ every day you live through the power of the Holy Spirit and that living book. I'm, say I'm coming out of the fire. So in other words, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to take everything out of you permanently that the devil put in you. You get the baptism in the Holy Ghost I'm talking about. You won't straddle the fence anymore. You won't be in the back seat of an 85 Chevy letting a man put his hands on what don't belong to him. No, you won't. That world will lose its attraction to you. You won't want to go where you used to want to go. You won't want to do what you used to want to do. You won't be who you were. Oh God. See, I went and cracked the seals on it. Secondly, the second property of fire is to amalgamate, to burn into permanence. You get truly baptized in the Holy Spirit and begin living that life led by the Spirit. I said led by the Spirit. I said led by the Spirit. I said led by the Spirit because the spiritually dead are led by their head. Think about your life this week. How many times did you hear God? I heard a preacher on the radio preaching. I'm not sure I even know what the presence of God is. Then under God, get out of a pulpit. The Holy Spirit purpose is to lead you into all truth. You may be beaten and battered, but you're not bound. Why? If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are compelled. You are propelled by a power that is greater than you. I said you're propelled by power that's greater than you. You're compelled to live, you to love. You have a compulsion to witness. You don't have to try to witness. You have to try not to win souls. 
You're compelled with irresistible power, which is based upon absolute truth. You get a hold of absolute truth. I didn't say fact. Fact has nothing to do with truth. You get a hold of absolute truth. You let nothing turn your plow. You stand resolute with your shoulders square and sing in that old kid's song, though none go with me, still I will follow. I can't. I can't. No, I can't. There will never be a revival in the church, the world, or your heart without the Holy Spirit. You trace any movement of God throughout history beginning in Acts chapter one and two. And you will find there was never a movement of God without a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit breathing on dead bones. So my question to you is simply, can these bones live again? Shout, God, do it all again. All right, here we go now. Grab a Bible. Grab a Bible. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, shout if you do, keep my commandments. These words are in red. I, Jesus, will pray the Father that he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you when you're in church or at the revival meeting. That he may be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Right there beside your, the word truth in your Bible, write the word not concealing. Truth is a revelation. Truth is always a revelation. Therefore, what he's saying to you is, I'm going to give you a spirit of not concealing. Whom, pay attention, the world cannot receive. Hmm. Before you're born again, who are you? Are you the church? Are you a Christian? Before you're born again, who are you? You're a sinner. You're categorized as the world. Whom the world cannot receive. So this comforter could not be, you could not be baptized 
in the comforter when you get saved, as many teach. That's an impossibility. The world cannot receive the comforter. So in other words, in, for you to not be the world, you have to be saved. So what am I saying? You have to be born again before you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's right there in red and white. Now, wait a minute. I was raised in a church my entire life and I was saved like you. Many of you have been born again, some of you 50 years. Some of you have been born again a week. Some 1,569 of you, 59 of you, have been born again in the last eight weeks. Right? Well, you say, well, now wait a minute, Pastor. Without the Spirit of God, you're none of His. Absolutely. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin and to convince you of righteousness. That is a ministry, a ministration of the Holy Spirit. It is not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I can take this water bottle and fill it up with water. But it's not baptized in water until I drop it in a container and it immerses itself and becomes covered and filled with. Walk with me now. Going slow. Thank God for the saving power of God's Holy Spirit. The convicting power, the convincing power, and being born again is the single greatest event that can ever transpire on the face of this people planet. So if you're born again and you know it, get happy about it right now. You are on your way to hell, I'd get happy. You're never gonna know what hell looks like, I'd get happy. You got a home in heaven, I'd get happy. Don't you ever shout more about a healing than you do salvation. Give me a mic. I tried it. Be seated. <clears throat> Now then, go to Acts 19. Go to Acts 19. Mm -hmm. Acts 19. Now, look up here at me. Some of you have been born again 50 years. Some of you have been born again five days. Some of you have been born again five months. Some of you have been born again seven weeks. The fact of the matter is you're born again. And I promise you, since that time, well, maybe not you that have been born again 50 years, but the rest of us, since the time we got born again, had an insatiable 
hunger and thirst for the things of God. If you do not have that, you prayed a prayer, but you were not converted. The problem with the modern church is we have decisions without conversions. My Bible teaches me if a man be in Christ, all things pass away and everything becomes new to that man. Woo! That's happy ground. How to make a Baptist boy like me just go, oh, thank you. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. amen. But we have known from the first moment he washed our sins away, there is more. I got to see if I need to get a soul winning sermon or a baptism in the Holy Spirit sermon. Because I just said, from the moment you got were born again, you have had an incessant understanding, drive and desire that there's more than what you've had. If you don't believe that's true, you can't read your Bible. Look at Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus. And look what happened. He found some disciples. Look at me. We're in Acts 19 now, honey. These men, if they're disciples, have been born again. They have been baptized in water. Look at me. Don't read ahead. Mm. These men have performed mighty, indisputable acts of authority. They've cast out devils, raised the dead, healed the blind, caused the lame to walk again. These men are the disciples of Jesus Christ, now ascended back to heaven. This is well after the day of Pentecost. And these disciples here are now found in Ephesus by the apostle Paul. These are good men. These are saved men. These are men on fire for God. These are men that have come into the gospel. These are men that are covered in the grace of God. These are men whose sins have been forgiven. These are men who have forsaken the idolatry of religion at the risk of their own lives. And yet Paul finds them at Ephesus, calls them disciples, and asks them the same question I asked you today. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, if they'd already received the Holy Spirit, because they received it when they got born again, followed the living Christ, 
were baptized in water, how come the apostle asked them prophetically, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? There's more. I'm here to tell you, when this Baptist boy found out there was a more, and the more is not an it, the more is a him. The more is the mighty third person of the Holy Trinity, every bit as much God as Jesus. Man, I want to walk through this. You preachers, I want to walk through this. Look at your neighbor and say, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Look what he said next. They said, no. At least they were honest. You, you walk up to some of these folk struggling, fighting with self-control, fighting with demons, fighting with church boards, fighting just to fight. And you walk up to them and you say, I think you ought to know there's power. There's power over sin, power over sickness, power over Satan, power over demons, power over depravity, power over disease. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And those folks will look at you and say, don't you talk to me about that. That talking in tongues stuff, that shouting stuff, that miracle signs and wonders stuff, that health and wealth stuff. So you don't want me to talk to you about the Bible. Or just that part of the Bible sanctioned by your overlording group. Because my Bible said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you what I want. If I find in that book today at three o'clock in the afternoon, a scripture that says, if you'll go get polka dotted pajamas, I'm headed to Walmart. If I can find in there that I'm supposed to walk to church, I'll sell my car tomorrow. If I can find in there that I'm supposed to sprout wings and fly like an eagle, I'm jumping off this platform. I am obedient to nothing but that book and the Holy Spirit's interpretation thereof. And if you Pentecostals think you've got all there is, you're just as wrong as those that refuse the Holy Spirit. God wants to breathe a fresh wind. God wants to move again by his spirit. God wants to send another mighty move. And it will be by his spirit. And it won't be comfortable. You Pentecostals do a good job of making everybody else uncomfortable. But there's coming a wind that's going to make you more uncomfortable than them. And you better get ready for it. God's not finished with you yet. The church is not dead. It has just reached adolescence on its way to adulthood. 
Somebody give him praise and give him glory. Lord, I wish I had time. They were honest. They said, no, sir. In fact, they went further than that. In my Eastern Kentucky vernacular, they said, we ain't even never, we ain't never even heard such. We've never heard that there was a Holy Spirit. They are born again water baptized disciples. God would have a mighty hard time putting that label on most Christians today because self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. And we got preachers having 92 services a day, not because they need them, but because of the convenience of the people. When complacency exceeds your desire for change, the consequence is concession and chaos. But when comfort and contentment and convenience no longer pacify God's people, the cry, freedom, at any cost will be heard. And that alone will become the catalyst for confrontation and dynamic change. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? No. Said no. Tell me what they said. We have not even heard well, don't look down your religious nose at them. Half the church in America has never heard. Much less the world around us. They've never heard. I was in church my entire life. Nobody ever told me this. They didn't want to. It didn't go along with their theological eschatological, exegetical. Understanding. Let me help you with your understanding and mine. We have not heard the half of it all. We've not heard a tenth of it. We've not heard a fifth of it. Don't you dare carve off your little experience and say that's all there is. We ought to be diving into altars crying, God, show me more. I'm feeling something. I'm feeling a revolution. I said, I'm feeling a revolution. I said, I'm feeling a revolution. 
I'm feeling an upheaval. I'm feeling a turn the tables of the money changers over and let's start this thing over. I want to feel like I just got born again every morning when I open my eyes. I'm just laying a foundation. We, we not even heard such a thing. I remember the first time, and don't you tell me I wasn't saved. When I'm eight years old, I made my parents help me search through the Columbus Dispatch to find where revival meetings were being held and beg my parents to take me. If there was church anywhere, I wanted to be in it. I knew what he did for me. But then I was converted. I became a new creature. You get what I'm talking about? Woo! You won't be wanting to play in the club on Saturday. It, and in church on Sunday. No, you won't. Something's happening. I can feel it. Whoo! Ha! Somebody shout glory, I can't shout. Just start shouting. I feel the presence of God in here. I sense a move of the Holy Spirit. I sense I'm in a room with hungry people. Come on, Elkhart. Come on online by the millions. Get up, move your coffee table out of the way. The Spirit of God is stirring the waters. If you want more, start shouting, give me more, God. Give me a seven times greater revelation. Give me a seven times greater impartation of your spirit. Give me a seven times greater insensible hunger for you. Confess I don't have it all. There's more. Where is our missionary zeal? Where is our, oh God, I will go here and I send me. I'll tell you what will happen. Well, let me finish at least this part. We have not heard there was even sitch. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. Watch now. They said into John's baptism, Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. 
telling the people that they should believe in the one coming after that is in Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they had already believed. Now they're gonna follow in water baptism. And then that was the end of it. That, that's it. Let's see the next verse. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, not in Acts chapter two, in Acts chapter 19. Repentance, salvation, water baptism as quickly as you can possibly get it. First wind moved on me in a team meeting this week. I said, stop delaying baptism. I don't want to baptize six times a year. I want to baptize every week. If they prayed the prayer of repentance, I want them to immediately follow the living Christ in the holy sacrament of water baptism. I wish I had time. I believe I could start a flame the devil couldn't put out this morning. Now, I'm going to totally freak you out now. Because we've got entire denominations built off this next one. I can prove to you in the book of Acts that people were born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, then water baptized. It's in your, your Bible. The Bible's an interesting book. You ought to read it sometime. Preacher, just don't read your catechism. Read the book. Because the book is right. And they are wrong. I can't make it any plainer to you. Now then, let's go all the way back to Acts chapter 1. But, be seated. If you're taking medicine, it's 11.53. I'm going to say goodbye at 12 o'clock. Can you handle two hours a week? Most Christians can't. You, shout me, shall receive. Who's he talking to? He's talking to disciples. Holy Spirit hasn't been poured out yet. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses, one that bears testimony of the truth by telling their story. 
Well, I'm not a soul winner. You know, that's a special grace for some people. There is no such thing as a special grace for soul winning. How do you win 1,569 people to Jesus? And uh, by the way, most of that is in the street, not at this altar. Well, I have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Pastor Rod, with the evidence. Lots of denominations. Well, speaking with other tongues is the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not so. Not so. Uh, change it. Let me give you a different word. It is the inevitable, <laughs> the inevitable manifestation, one of, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I can tell you this, there will come a time when you are so in love with Jesus that your English, Spanish, Whatever language you were trained in will no longer be adequate for your so caught up in the glory and the presence of God that what you want to say to him is indescribable in your native tongue. You may be as I was in the woods somewhere, or you may be in an altar, or you may be in a prayer meeting, or you may be driving down your auto road in your automobile, but suddenly, all of a sudden, something will begin to come up out of you, and before you recognize what has happened, that Holy Spirit in you will begin to declare the mighty works of God in a way that, art, uh, that articulate speech could never do. You shall receive. You, wanna, you want me to tell you what the primary evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is? It's right there. Who have you won to Jesus this week? Last month. The last year. Don't come in here trying to show off, polish each other's armor, showing off your spiritual gifts, letting everybody know your little ta-ta, rah-rah, she come on high, to tie my bow tie, take her out of my Honda. You, and you haven't witnessed your faith, you haven't told your story, you've been sitting at a table while dirty jokes are being told. You don't have the real thing. Backbiting, tail bearing, clicking on your phone, gossiping about stuff that you neither know nor is any of your business. I don't care how much you waggle your tongue. Oh, you're getting offended at me now. I must be doing something right. Power! Power to say no to sin.
I'm wanting, I'm wanting to find it. I'm going to let you go at noon or thereabouts. I'm trying, honey. Let's see. Second Corinthians. Does there one of those in this Bible? Second Corinthians. Let's see. Hmm. There was a. All right, just go, just go there. Second Corinthians. This is my close. Second Corinthians. Chapter six, verse fourteen. Unless I change my mind. John 14. John 14. Let's go to that one. <laughs> I should save this, but I'm not going to. Verse 26. Verse 26. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all things that I have told you. Read it. Look at it. Tremble at it. Do you know what it says? It says you have no need that any preacher tell you. If you have the Holy Spirit, your Bible says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, here's what's about to happen. Hell, the stranglehold of this world on your life, sickness, disease, pain, malady, malfunction, infirmity, all the works of hell. God is about by his spirit to open the door of your body and your mind and say, this is my house now. Sin, I'm giving you your evacuation notice. I'm giving you your eviction notice. I live here now. Self. And he'll take that word and he'll search through every nook and every cranny. He'll get in your thought life.
still get in your money. He'll get in your motives. He will search through every high and low place in you. And the good news is he will never stop. He's moving in your thought life. He's moving in your heart. He's moving in your motivations. And he's telling every single little thing that he finds. He'll put a word on it. And he'll say, this is my house. Get out! Steve Fox, everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Steve Fox, I'm going to pick this up next week. I, I can't help it. I can't help it. Your Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers. And that's not just talking about don't marry somebody that's not a Christian. Dear God, I wish preachers would get an ounce of revelation. They'll do that, and then they'll go out and get 14 mortgages and get in money covenant with a bunch of backslidden bankers somewhere. Oh, it got quiet in here. You'll tell your church members, don't you dare be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. There's not a preacher worth his salt in America that would tell some Christian to go get in business with some backslidden, whoremonging drunk. Who's your mortgage with? Book says you're servant to them. If you don't believe you are, just keep driving that car and don't make a payment. I own my car. I own my house. If Jesus came tomorrow, I'll get me some chickens. Or I mean, if Holocaust came tomorrow, I'll just get me some chickens. Get me a white-faced calf, and I'll make it. They'll take your house, and then they'll take your car, and then they'll repossess your furniture for your credit card debt. Don't be unequally yoked. Well, I can't pay my house off tomorrow. Believe God like that couple right over there. Raise your hands. They were coming to shut their electric off, but they refused not to tithe. They refused not to sow the resurrection seed. And from an absolutely unknown source, got a check that paid off their house, their car, their credit cards, and everything they had, hundreds of thousands of dollars left over. Why don't you trust God? This Fox boy was the bass player and vocalist of the greatest rock band in all of Asia, focused in, or, or from Japan. He was from England, but the band was from Japan. He had more money, more cars, more jewelry, more acclaim, 
I mean, he was the Elvis Presley of Asia. You can look it up. Steve Fox. He heard a gospel preacher and got born again. Just started reading the word and come across that scripture. And he went to some preachers. Of course, they were just amazed that he was there. You know how preachers seek after entertainers. The worth of a soul, dear preacher, is not how much money they have or how much exposure they have. That's not the worth of a soul. You'll make a mistake. So he went to some of those preachers and he laid that out to them. Now remember this in the 80s. He said, now this right here, I'm having difficulty with this doing what I do professionally. You know what they said? Oh no, God has sent you into that world to be a witness. If you've been an alcoholic, a bar ministry is not the place for you. But that's preachers, see. That's preachers. Well, you just go ahead and do that. And just, you know, every now and then share your testimony. Pass out some tracts at your concerts while people are fornicating. That's like trying to win a prostitute to Jesus when you're in the bed with her. Y'all awful quiet up here. I don't have to be like them to win them. In fact, I'm supposed to be other than come out from among them. But that's his counsel that he was getting from preachers. Well, he came on a preacher friend of mine, <laughs> now going to be with the Lord. And he said, son, let me tell you what to do. Go to every one of those band members and tell them today that you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ and that you can no longer do the things you did or go where you went or behave as you behaved anymore. And he said, well, I don't know if I've got the power to do that. So my friend said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He said, I've not heard there was such a thing. He said, kneel down here at my desk laid his hands upon that boy. He was gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit. Got up, went and told the band, left the band, and for 20 years became one of the greatest gospel evangelists across all of Asia, winning hundreds and hundreds of thousands to Jesus Christ. Have you received the Holy Spirit 
since you believed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. If you answer that question, Pastor, at one time I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you right now, I am not operating in the power thereof today. And I want my fire back. Or you are born again and you have never received the mighty baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to count to three. And if you want power from another world, ah, God, I'm not talking about you trying to be strong. I'm talking about him resurrecting strong on the inside of you. I'm talking about power from another world. I'm talking about the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, taking up residency inside your mortal body and making you alive under Christ. When I say three, you'll be as honest as those folks were in Ephesians, in Ephesus, when Paul said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe they were honest enough to say no, and they received that day, you can too. Oh, don't leave here and face that world without God's power. Don't do it, there's more than what you've got. I'm gonna count to three, you want it? You want him? When I say three, you do what others are already doing. You shoot that hand up in the air and bravely and boldly say, that's me, pastor, that's me. Do it now, one, two, three. Just as quickly as you can, knock 10 people out of your way and come and meet me at this altar right now. Come on, let's get empowered. Let's get empowered today. I'm not talking about consecration. I'm talking about an infilling of God's Holy Spirit and overflow. Come on. Come on. Somebody clap. Somebody shout. Somebody wave. the real thing. Yeah, yeah. I want power. Yeah, yeah. It's not of me, it's all of him. 
Now here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Come up here, buddy. Been a while since I've seen you. Now watch, I'm suddenly going to feel very small. <laughs> Tell these folks your name. Isaiah Mullins. This is Isaiah. Where'd you graduate high school? Uh, Harvest Prep. And what is this? What is that? I go to University of Wisconsin. I play football there. You play, play football at the University of Wisconsin. Before I scholarship. On scholarship from Harvest Prep. We love him. And he's been out there now, away from Harvest Prep, he's been out there in that college world. He has a bunch of devils out there. Girls everywhere, alcohol everywhere, drugs everywhere, want to use you like a piece of meat and throw you away when they're done. That's right. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Amen. We'll go down there with Pastor Chad and get it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lovingly dismiss because folks have been telling me I'm hurting the attendance by holding church so late. And I understand that. I understand that. There's nothing. Folks have things to do and so forth. You have somewhere you need to go. You, you are dismissed with my great, great blessing. We love you with all our hearts. Be back at 7 o'clock, 6.30 eat with us on Wednesday night and then I got a word for you hello I have a word for you there's power in the pride pastor no I know what it is I know you know there it is well what do you know everybody shout that the power of the pride. So we're going to continue with power, right? On Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to continue part two of have you heard, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Go get everybody you know. Yeah, yeah. Bring your one. Everybody be, be a bringer, and uh, we'll get them born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and baptized in water. Blessed be God forever. Amen. Now, so you can be dismissed. We love you. Not you. I'm not near done with y'all. And I need some help helping me pray with these folks. Amen. This is not a little dabble, do you? Right, right. <laughs> I said, this is not a little dabble, do you? Right, right. Sometimes we got to get out of your head what's in yes. your head so yes. that God can get in your spirit yes. what he wants to put in your spirit. Yes. Sometimes that's instant. Sometimes it takes a minute. Yeah. Amen. Power. 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 Amen. I love you. Power. So, you can hang out with us online. We love you. Yes. 
you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, stay right where you are. Uh, well, they can't, can they? Okay. Yeah, let them stay. They, I don't want them to run off. Dear Lord, I got them to this point. I don't want to say goodbye to them. Manny, you go ahead and get those there in Elkhart, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Work with them as long as you need to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, I was a Baptist. Born, bred, raised Baptist. You know what they told us? Speaking in tongues was of the devil. So I asked them, how come I ain't never heard it in a bar? Stupid. You better be careful about that stuff. Yeah. Blasphemy is attributing the works of God to Satan and vice versa. And there's no forgiveness for that. That's not under the blood. You better be real careful. If there's something you don't understand, say, I just don't understand that. Yeah. That way, put it on the shelf. Yeah. Don't you dare curse what God blesses. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So is, are y'all staying? You are? Well, shout a little bit then. Sing. Come on, let's sing. Let's get in the presence of God. Lift your hands. Lift your hands and bless Him. Lift your hands and bless Him. Open your mouth. Verbalize your praise. Much you love him. Tell him how great he is. Tell him what you want. Your Bible said he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, not any man. Worship. Worship. Come on, church, pray. you've already received many of you have already received hallelujah no no you can't whisper lift up your voice lift up your voice you have to get used to the sound of your own voice before you'll be used to the sound of his voice lift up your voice like a trumpet let your praise be known unto god glorify the living christ worship him glorify him magnify him Holy Spirit, Father. 
Lord Jesus, you're the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your spirit. All right, wait a minute. All right, wait a minute. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Now, some folks, listen to me. Some folks get all hung up about speaking in tongues. And it, it actually can hinder them because of their mind of receiving. Now, when you go to buy a pair of shoes, when you, when you buy a pair of shoes, you buy the shoes, right? You don't go in and say, I'd like a tongue with some shoes attached to it. You're asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Tongues just comes with it. But our minds war against us. I know this, I know this through experience. Not only the experience of 42 years of full-time ministry, but through my own personal experience of trying to receive. Because I thought God was going to come down and start pushing in and out on my diaphragm, grab a hold of my tongue and start wiggling it. So I was like this. See, I, I was after the wrong thing. It's not about tongues. That's why I said it's inevitable. Yeah. If that doesn't come today, it'll come. Yeah. It'll come. What you're after is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So let's just get that out of your mind. Amen. I said, let's get that out of your mind. Are you ready? So here's what I want you to do. Do you believe God's not a man that he should lie? Yes. Do you believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real according to God's word? Yes. Yes. Do you believe it's for you? Yes. Because if you don't believe those things, well, then you just need further teaching and so forth. But you can't receive in that kind of an atmosphere. Yeah. You understand? So, if you believe, first of all, are you born again? Yes. Have you given your heart and life in full surrender to Jesus Christ? Yes. If you have not, if you're unsure, if you died in the next five minutes, that heaven would be your eternal home. If there's something between you and God, we have to get that fixed first. Yes. So every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Just between you and God at this point. Are you sure? Because your Bible said the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit or lets you know that you are his child. You don't have to wonder about it. So if you're wondering about it, let's pray. If that's you, when I say three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Okay, okay, several. Okay. So let's pray about that right now, everybody together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, come to you today. I come to you today. I was born a sinner. I was born a sinner. 
and I've committed sins. And I've committed sins. I've been separated from you. I've been separated from But you. I've heard the gospel. But I've heard the gospel that Jesus came. That Jesus came. Paid the price for my sins. Paid the price for my sins. And that if I would believe on him, and if I would believe on he him, would forgive me. He would forgive me. Give me eternal life. Give me eternal life. I fully I fully completely completely Accept the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord Jesus as my Christ. personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord I believe in Him. I believe in Him, and I confess Him and I confess before him all men. Before all as my personal Savior, my personal I live for You. I live for You as You show me how. As you show me how I receive, I receive eternal life eternal and the forgiveness of my sins. I am a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. And it feels so good about it. Feels so good about I could it. almost just clap and shout. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.